Saturday on these airwaves. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. Number says News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Come on. Next humor said. Los Banos. Santa Mella. Hey, we love you, El Nido. We were just having a little fun last week. Hey, here we are, Saturday morning. Citizen Watch. Yeah. For those about to talk, uh, new content, believe it or not, 8 a.m. Uh, the first Saturday in March. What is it? March 5th, 2022. As we just move on through the year, can you believe it? How quick this is going? Let's see. I got to get my... I got to get my outro here. My intro, my outro, my... Alto and bass. Let's see. What do we want to do on that one? Yeah, I guess we'll go there. Little Maroon 5 out of the break. Hey, here we are Saturday morning, March 5th, 2022. Citizen Watch, 8 a.m. First segment. Uh, I want to give a shout out. Thank you to the uh, guest that we had last week. Assembly member. Still your assembly member. Wanting to be your congressman. Adam Gray. District. Look at the notes. It's It's all changed. It's all changed. He's uh, currently representing District 21. I almost said 16. That's the congressional district. And he wants to take over for uh, what was conditional uh, congressional district 16, which is now going to be 13. Lucky number. Well, anyway, uh, District 13 is what we're in now. Of course, Mr. Costa, Jim Costa, is uh, going back south. And uh, again, I don't know. Have we bought the bus ticket? I'll... Throw in a couple of bucks. He's going back south to represent those folks. Good luck with that, Fresno. And Assemblyman Gray came in uh, wanting to talk about his uh, candidacy. I got a little, <laughs> I got a little pushback from some folks saying uh, very uh, you know, friendly interview. You know, a little. Uh, you know, I don't know about softball. Uh, the word t-ball was used. I mean, come on. You know, uh, if you've ever been in here as a guest and you can uh, listen to a lot of the shows that we've had guests on, if you're interested, 1480kyos.com, go to the banner, hit podcast. There they all are. There they all are. Almost 300 some shows. And we are very fair, I think, to our guests. We asked some tough questions. I asked some tough questions of Adam. I thought I got him to stake his position out on a couple of Oh, what some people would consider controversial items, uh, hydrocarbons, the use of fossil fuels, uh, policing, as we know it, the uh, defund movement, and also his form of governance from the left. Again, a Democrat, we're not discounting that. And I have, you know, two words for a lot of people that may have felt uh, a little, uh, you know, like you could have been a little tougher. I have two words. You know, I'll Joe Manchin. Okay, Joe Manchin... Uh, what he's done in his positions at the federal level in the Senate has really saved our republic. And a lot of people want to say democracy, blah, blah, blah. It's a republic, and he has saved it. And it shows how our representative form of government is supposed to work. We would be taxed to death under, under some of the proposals that the left, the far left, because let, let's be realistic. Bernie, Bernie and the boys, the Berners, they're, uh, Bernie Sanders, they're running the party. They're running the country. It's not Uncle Joe, believe me. They just, uh, you know, put him in front of a teleprompter to try to get, you know, at least half the words right. It's kind of like, 
Merced County Times spelling back in the day. But the point is, there's a lot of, uh, I think, misconceptions on uh, the rep- the representative form of government. And we saw this in Joe Manchin. And uh, Christian Cinema, to a lesser degree, from Arizona, in their uh, concern about inflation, about the conflicts around the world, about us being able to afford more than what we've already spent. We've spent a <laughs> trillions and trillions over the years. So again, I think that uh, looking at both sides of the fence, again, we always talk about bipartisanship and that sort of thing. And I think that's what Adam uh, tried to explain uh, where he was coming from. Again, we're not picking horses in a race. We're trying to bring you the information. So uh, there are some interesting questions in this week's Merced County Times. And I've talked to uh, some of Adam's uh, representatives about getting a response uh, to them. Let me see if I can just quickly uh, find them. Uh, Giglio, now he's the opponent, one of the opponents uh, that has thrown his hat in the ring a long time ago in the congressional ring that's running against Adam. Of course, Adam decided recently to not seek a final term as assemblyman. But Giglio Award, this is from the Merced County Times, the uh, March 3rd edition. Wonderful publication. We love it. Uh, Really uh, no coverage like the Merced County Times of Merced County issues. Giglio warns voters not to be fooled by the way Gray, quote, brands himself like a moderate, unquote. Giglio goes on to say he's not a moderate. He just doesn't vote on any of the most controversial bills because the Democrats don't need his vote in Sacramento. He skips out on 30% of his key votes, and he's not going to get away with that in Washington. The candidate employers, Merced, implores Merced County voters to think about this. Quote, somebody who is endorsed by Gavin Newsom, Alex Padilla, and Tony Villaraigosa, and the mayor, uh, the former mayor of L.A., those people are not endorsing him because they think he is a moderate, and he's going to Washington to be a moderate. They know that when Adam gets there, he's going to be voting like a hardcore Democrat, and that's why they are backing him. Later in the article, Giglio goes on to say, uh, you know, a lot of people thought they had to settle for Jim Costa because he was going to win anyway. And now they are thinking, well, Adam Gray is not that bad. Well, you don't have to settle. This is your chance to get some better representation. You will never have to worry about where I stand on the issues that matter. Like I said, Adam skips out on 30% of the key votes and a lot of the most controversial topics. Things like gun control, abortion, health care, things like critical race theory. You are never going to have a question where I stand on those things. You're going to know and you will have a confidence of how I am going to vote in Washington. So anyway, I think that... Um, some of those questions uh, we, can a- we can ask of Adam. Again, I've talked to some of his people about getting an answer to those so that we can bring you, uh, you know, his response to that so that we uh, can bring the listeners where Adam stands on that. And again, we hope to have Mr. Giglio in at some point, uh, hopefully soon, before we get into that season where uh, we have to, the, uh, a lot of things change as you get closer to the election. And of course, there's uh, Phil Arbio, the uh, Democrat, another Democrat, uh, running, and I uh, i don't know if there's going to be anybody else that gets into the race. As you know, over the years, we've had Johnny Tichera, who was kind of a perennial candidate running for that race, and uh, the assembly race uh, has opened up a lot also. Uh, as you know, maybe don't, Mark Payson, our former sheriff, has thrown his hat uh, into the ring. He says, again, in the same publication, on the front page of Merced County Times, it's an open seat. It's got a lot of Merced County voters 
and I will hope I hope everyone will get out and vote. Well, I, I'm sure that most of the votes will be counted. Uh, it's, it's very easy. You don't really have to get out. All you got to do is uh, drop it in somebody's hand. The uh, interesting thing here is uh, Mark says Payson, a Republican, now faces an election race with at least one top competitor, Fresno City Council member Esmeralda Sorio, a Democrat. Locals may remember that Soria challenged uh, U.S. Rep. Jim Costa in the 16th a couple of years ago, which was really interesting because it was kind of the hand that, that fed her. She had uh, received an endorsement from Jim Costa when she was running for Fresno City Council. And then she turned right around, uh, not even at the end of her term, and threw her hat in for the race here. was not real successful because, again, the name recognition, but uh, did make some inroads. Uh, didn't, you know, didn't have a poor showing. Let's not, let's not fool ourselves. And this, uh, there's probably going to be more than two people in this race, just as the congressional race. So that begs uh, the runoff because you know, these are top two vote-getters, unless somebody gets 50% plus one, then you can move on, as Scotty Silvero was so uh, successful in in his run for supervisor uh, during his uh, first run, which, again, he's coming up out there on the west side. The west side is the best side, having taken over for Jerry O'Banion, who is unfortunately no longer with us in person. Scotty won in the primary uh, when he ran against a field of, I believe, four or five, including Scotty. And so he's up for re-election this Year. So a lot is happening on the political scene. Uh, we hope to have more uh, of you politicos coming in. And I probably should give in the uh, how to get a hold of us here. Our email is, uh, well, you can just send it to me, Casey.steed, S-T-E-E-D, at smgnational.com. Casey spelled C-A-S-E-Y, in case you're wondering. Our main line here in the studio, or not, well, not the studio, the station, 209 723-2191, extension 25, or you can direct call and leave a message, 209-205-3815 on my extension. Be nice, and we will get back to you, try to schedule you in. We only have so much time. We're hopefully going to have our sheriff, Vern Warnke, come in, give a, a little update again. He's <laughs> he's running for uh, his position again, unopposed. I don't think anybody... Is going to throw their hat into the ring on that race. But some of these other races, the filing deadline, I believe, is coming up next week or in a couple of weeks where you have to uh, notify of your intent. Of course, district attorney's race, uh, two people in that race, uh, the the incumbent, uh, Kimberly Helms Lewis, uh, also being challenged by one of her uh, workers uh, there, Ms. Silvera. Uh, kind of interesting when they wrote the article uh, raised by well diggers, I think. I, I, I think you could have used the word well drillers. I thought that was an interesting, uh, uh, interesting way to describe your family. But again, that's going to be a pretty interesting race. Again, the article uh, that I read talked about, well, uh, you know, one of your employees running against you. How do you feel about that? And as Kim said, it's fairly common in the uh, district attorney world because you have to be very highly qualified. You have to be a lawyer. Uh, a lot of experience in public prosecution, that sort of thing, as a district attorney. And it's uh, very co common for those folks to move up as uh, people retire or the political winds change. You can just look to the south of us in Madera County with some of the changes they had. And, of course, across the nation. And there's a lot of talk about the, um, I don't know, the attitude of district attorneys enforcing laws, what they will, what they won't do, bail, those type of things. Uh, what they decide to prosecute. They have a huge 
impact in the community as they are the top law enforcement officer along with the sheriff who has control over the entire community also. And there's only 58 of each of those folks. So those are very uh, important positions. And Nicole Silvera is throwing her hat in the ring. She's again a prosecutor over there at the DA's office, been there a long time. And folks say, well, you know, Jesus, how's that go along, you know, with with running against your boss. Well, it happened in the uh, previous race with Kimberly Helms-Lewis running against uh, what was her former boss, uh, Larry Morse, who is unfortunately, again, no longer with us. And uh, So, again, the tenure is not guaranteed in any of these positions, and there's going to be a lot of races heating up. So, Adam Gray, uh, while I, again, appreciate the uh, the comments, uh, and, and, again, we, we welcome them, and uh, if you have any of those tough questions that you feel we need to ask or uh, to bounce off of Adam, please, you know, send him in. I've given you the contact information, and you can uh, more than easily reach out to me. And if you see me around town, just, you know, again, be nice. Uh, let's see. Uh, renaming. Oh, that was some of the issues I was reading. I was trying to get all the assembly districts. Very, very different. Hey, uh, today, don't forget, want to let folks know, if you haven't forgot, the first Saturday in March is always the Hornitas Enchilada feed. I think the weather is, I think the weather is going to cooperate, but... It's an indoor event. You can eat inside the hall, and you can uh, have a good time over there at Manuela's, the little bar, the Plaza Bar. They open up uh, for events like this. There's always some entertainment, that sort of thing, and goes to a really, really good cause up there, uh, taking care of the church, the hall, those type of things. A couple of times a year, Hornitas swells up to the, uh, <laughs> looks like a mining town again, and uh, they, make a, they make a little money over there. Hey, let's get ready. I can't believe, can you believe how fast the time goes? with everybody i really appreciate it hey my name's casey steed the voice of your valley on merced's news talk station 107.3 fm 1480 am kyos we're going to take a brief commercial break and we'll be right back stick with us and every time I go out, yeah I hear it from this one, hear it from that one That you got someone new, yeah I see but don't believe it Even in my head, you're still in my bed Maybe I'm just a somewhere else I don't want to know no stick with us citizen watch Saturday morning my name's Casey Steve the voice of your valley on Merced's news talk station 107.3 FM 1480 AM KYOS hey here we are a new content 35 2022 March 5th can you believe how quick the year goes when you're having fun, it's finally good to see things getting back to normal out there. Events going off all around the community. Again, uh, if you want to go up there to Hornitos today, the Enchilada feed, a great time for a great cause. If you've never, if you've never been, take it, take a chance, take a chance. Go up there, take it, take it out. Oh, let's see, we got to go back here. We got to do this. You know, Dave Luna has a staff. He's been. Dave's a great guy. I tell you what, he's. Uh, 
we all go through we all go through things and uh, dave dave is resilient i'll tell you he's doing a great job not only here at the station but with his family lately as you know suffered a loss there with his mother and his brother and again uh, our thoughts and prayers still with you dave you're hanging in there we love you wanted to let folks know what else oh there's a couple of things this week like i say a lot of events a lot of events things that didn't use this chair we've got to get a new chair can i talk to management oh this thing is killing me anyway uh Merced County Office of Education report on education. Boy, that's changed over the years. You know, I I don't know. I keep a lot of things. I keep a lot of uh, show prep, as I call it, material. And these uh, annual reports on education have really become quite the uh, glossy, the glossy production. And uh, not a lot of numbers. Not a lot of uh, <laughs> test scores. Uh, used to use that as uh, show fodder to bring to you the. Uh, progress and i use that word in italics uh, about our test scores here at our local school districts as you know they they still list all the districts i got to give them credit for that here it is on page page two school districts they give the superintendent the phone number and the enrollment i wish they would give the total on the enrollment you know guy like me it's hard to add up you know uh, 21 School districts, Atwater, Belico, Delhi, Dos Palos, El Nido, Gustine, Hillmar, La Grande, La Grande, Livingston, Los Banos, McSwain, Merced, 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 Plainsburg, Planada, Snelling, Weaver, and Winton. And they're in, and that's in, is that in alphabetical order? Because I'll tell you, when you look at some of the scores, which are not in here, coming out of our Merced City School District, which we talked about last weekend on the big shoe, the big show, 9 o'clock, the bonus half hour. That's right, after Adam Gray, we, uh, we had some original content there and talked about uh, some of the comments that were in the, again, Merced County Times from some of the board members over there at the Merced City School District. I think I incorrectly said that was K through 12. It's K through 8. K through 8. Again, uh, I'm a product of the MCOE school system, so forgive me. We won't get into my addition skills. But the point being is some of the board members very, very candid uh, about the uh, progress or lack of or the results of distance learning. That's right, the virtual, you know, get in front of the computer. Did you get your homework done? Were you surfing the net? Was it, you know, Warcraft? What were you doing? And the test scores show that, uh, believe it or not, almost 80-some <laughs> percent of the kids not proficient in math. Now, again, K through 8. I don't want to lump the high school kids in there because I don't know if it's, I don't know what that is. But anyway, K through 8, 90 or 80-some percent. And 75%, roughly, not proficient in English. English! I understand. you got a lot of first language learners, blah, blah, blah. But 75%? So Shane Smith, one of the board members, took issue with that during the uh, one of the board, mem- board meetings recently and was met with some derision by the other board members. Hey, you know, don't blame us. You know, let's pass that on down the line. Or it was before we got here. You know, that was just a, uh, you know, the COVID once in a generation pandemic. I mean, let's remember. I don't know. I thought with the technology, we could do a lot better. And there were a lot of cracks in the armor that were exposed, especially Wi-Fi access, you know, when they have to park a idling bus in your community so that you can connect to the internet. That's, uh, that's not good. But there's been a lot of strides. I think everybody got a hotspot. Everybody got a, uh, you know, a sweet spot. I don't know. There was a lot of money spent and still a lot of money out there. And why we're getting these dismal, and I mean dismal results, is unexcusable. And the uh, board member that brought up this fact 
because it's not a uh, you know hyperbole. It's not a you know what if. No, this this is what really happened. And he said we need to own this and we need to fix it and correct it going forward. And of course, there are some people that want to spin this that it's a racial thing. You know, it's people of color. No, it's everybody. You get seventy five percent. I guarantee you. You got uh, you got. <laughs> I don't know whatever demo uh, you want to. You want to start dividing people up in because I refuse to do that. We're all human beings. We're all, we all matter. We all are the same in my mind. I don't know who feels differently about that. And I want to see everybody treated the same and treated equally. And we have a system, a great system here in this country, I think, that does that for those that want to take advantage of it. You can always throw rocks at it. But uh, accountability is a big deal in the school system. And the MCO report on education doesn't really address that in the test scores. And there was a comment made by Dr. Teachin at the presentation, which I int- uh, attended, uh, that if you want to see test scores, well, they're, they're, they're there somewhere on the Internet. I believe it's the uh, California dashboard uh, to let me uh, give you a Google search word. And you can go in there and put in the various districts, the 21 that I read off that we have here in our county of uh, 288,000 people. And you can see what the test scores are. And again, they're not, uh, they're not, uh, yeah, not great. They're not really good. And one of the things uh, I thought was interesting, again, a great presentation, great lunch, great lunch, I thought was uh, at the end of the meeting, there was a comment uh, by Dr. Teachin that uh, looking at test scores, especially in light of the COVID situation, the distance learning, again, some of the ones we've seen, dismal, dismal. Uh, don't look at those. Uh, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was an anomaly. It was, uh, you know, a one of, a one off. It won't happen again, we promise. And the test scores maybe aren't the metric by which to gauge performance. What? 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 Huh? I mean, that came at the end, kind of. Uh, people were a little, you know, getting a little sleepy. The food was digesting. The chocolate chip cookie was, uh, you know, the sugar was was starting to hit us. And then, you know, the, the clapping, which had been pretty, uh, you know, uh, thunderous, uh, was a little weak when that statement came out, followed up by getting rid of testing altogether. I, I, I couldn't. I don't know what sort of metric we're going. You know, educators were asking me, are we educators? Are we, uh, you know, what are we doing here? And it, there was a suggestion, again, I, I think by Dr. Teachin, too, if you want to really grade the performance of your child, you know, stop in the classroom, uh, you know, talk to the teacher, uh, you know, participate. Uh, you know, you can't just take a snapshot, you know, that one day of the year when the test is taken. But again, I think to get to that one day of the year, there is a lot of preparation. There's the going to school every day for a period of time before that test is taken. And hopefully you're learning something. So this is a guide by which we can uh, determine how much was absorbed in uh, their little brains. And that is, to me, uh, how you're going to get away from that, how you're going to get away from testing. Now, again, Dr. Teachin, uh, I should say, qualified these statements by saying if you want to talk later about uh, what I mean, uh, I would uh, be happy to entertain that. And we would like to get Dr. Teachin in here, too. They explain that because, uh, to me, a test is, you know, I'm telling you, if they're going to get away from testing, if they're going to, uh, you know, I don't know how, you know, what they're going to do, you know, by height, I don't know. I, I, I want a recount, okay? I want my transcript pulled, and I want a recount because I think I was a great kid. You know, I was nice. I played well in the sandbox. And, uh, you know, some of my grades maybe always didn't reflect that, what kind of person I could be. You know, what are we, what are we doing? What are we doing? Are we getting away from A, B, C, D? There's no EF. I mean, are we getting away from that? Are we getting away from percentiles? I, I know. What do we throw out the SAT? I mean, we're just throwing everything out. And even in our report on schools, no numbers. 
no numbers. So I, uh, I guess this is the change. I've seen it evolve. Uh, Dr. Gomes at least shared the bad news or the news, uh, some of it. Again, these test scores have not, uh, out of 58 counties, my friend, we're not, uh, we're, we're, you know, we're not even halfway. We're not even halfway. And when you look at the state of California and compared to the nation out of 50 states, well, <laughs> again, way down there, you know, there's only, there's only 50, just to give you guys a hint. And uh, it's, it's in the 40-something. And then when you look at the United States in relation to the world, some of the more developed countries like Germany and France and some of these places that have a lot more emphasis on career, technical education, that sort of thing, well, we're, you know. So, again, I can understand by wanting to, uh, I don't know, stick your head in the sand, you know, not wanting to, uh, you know, uh, smell the cop. I don't know what, I don't know what, why we're, why we shy away from the reality. And I have to give board member Shane Smith, who sits on the Merced City School District Board, again, K through 8, having uh, the uh, <laughs> to say uh, what needs to be said, and uh, more importantly, what are we going to do about it? Where are we going to go from here? And let's not look at it through the lens of color. Let's look at it through the lens of our children, our future, because they are our future. All of them. It's a changing America. We're a melting pot. Read your history. I don't know why people want to say that education is only for certain people. It's not. So again, I, I think this is very important to report on education. Again, we'll try to get try to get Dr. Teachin in here. Has anybody noticed the cost of diesel? I went by the Arco on the way in here and had to take a double take. It's like watching a horror show over there. You can literally watch the prices change. I don't know if they do that on purpose, if there's a, a blip in the LEDs, but they, you know, they roll through like a the exchange rate down there at the border, you know, dollars for pesos, pesos for dollar. I, I mean, what's going on? Five fifty a gallon for diesel? I don't know if you folks look around these trucks that deliver food. As I'm looking at the five fifty, here goes a trade, a Save Mart truck, and then a you know Jones Food. I don't know who the heck that is, but uh, you know, getting your food to the grocery store. It's and you wonder why, uh, you know, thirteen ounces of butter or four bucks. Well, let me tell you why. Five fifty a gallon. Now it wasn't that way, uh, not even a year ago. Uh, this is crazy. I, I don't see how this is affecting the farmers. I was talking to to one of the uh, one of the wonderful people attending the Friends of the Fair uh, last Friday, two Fridays ago, excuse me, and they were talking about making a purchase of ten thousand gallons of diesel and a thousand gallons of gas to power their equipment and their operation to harvest their orchard uh, through the uh, end of the season. And hopefully that was going to be enough and hedging their bet that buying it now uh, would save money as the price is only going to increase. And again, you know, these farmers uh, didn't get to where they're getting by not thinking ahead, by not being good stewards of not only the land, but the money. And uh, that sounds like a pretty good investment because just in that two weeks or a week since Friday that we had the uh, Friends of the Fair event last Friday in the end of February. Uh, yeah, the end of February, uh, diesel has gone up at least 60 cents. And I think on the wholesale level, uh, just as much because these prices are reflective. So again, it's uh, it's it's a horror story. It's not getting any better. We see on the world sign, uh, scene that energy is a big deal, a huge, huge deal. And that's why I think some of these moderates, uh, whatever side of the fence they're on, are really important uh, to have uh, in the discussion because it can't be one way or the other. These people that say all of the above and don't mean it, that only want wind and solar, they're disingenuous, and they don't have the best interest of the nation or, or our, our economy at heart. We are a capitalist society, free enterprise. 
supply and demand and to cut our production, to cut our demand or to cut our production, to try to cut demand is uh, is it's offensive and it should be criminal uh, just to try to herd the nation into, quote unquote, green energy, alternative forms of energy. When we have hydrocarbons coming out our ears, we have clean vehicle technology, we have the means to use not only uh, gas and oil, but also coal. And I think this is, again, where you see, you know, I mentioned uh, Senator Manchin, uh, the last segment, maybe I didn't make the tie with Adam Gray, but you need moderates in a republic, a representative form of government, all voices, and you can't have either side, the far end of either side, dictating the uh, the narrative. And uh, that's what we see now. We see the uh, one side really dictating the narrative on the national scene with some of the bills being proposed that would just get us into more trouble. And again, the uh, foresight to see that by some of our electeds have, have saved this republic. In my mind, again, this is an opinion show. Hey, we're out of this, uh, we're out of this segment. They go quick, don't they? We only have one more in the 8 o'clock hour. Then we have the bonus half hour. We have the uh, strategic planning meeting from the city of Merced. Boy, that was fun. Some of the comments, again, political comments or for the good of the people, I'll let you decide, but that's that's coming up next, uh, well, after the, after the top of the hour news. We'll be right back after this brief break. Saturday morning, third and final segment of the 8 a.m. hour, March 5th, 2022. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. So happy to have you here with me. It was a wonderful event last well, two Fridays ago, the uh, Merced County Friends of the Fair had their, I guess it's their annual meeting also, because they gave a little report. Absolutely wonderful to hear the financial situation over there. Uh, almost 200 grand. That was before the event. Uh, I'm sure afterward, hopefully it pushed it up over that, because I know there was some generous, generous uh, people in the audience, members of the community, pillars of the community, Folks whose names you never hear of because they're not seeking the attention. They're seeking the gratification of helping out a community, helping out future generations, and sustaining what has been built here. We have the biggest garden, the biggest, most successful experiment in the world. And these folks that were, a lot of those folks that were there in that old aging hall there on the fairgrounds, a lot of uh, a lot of those buildings older than the people attending and supporting a community and not only friends of the fair, but friends of that community, friends of future generations. It was unbelievable time stood still. It had been a long time since people had got together. There wasn't an event the previous year because of the COVID. And so it was long overdue. And I can tell you that folks were hungry for it and showed it in their generosity that evening in that windowless building where so many people got together. The fellowship was unbelievable. 
the dinner was wonderful the uh, it was it was it was it was just it was just so good to see the young people the FFA students there serving the folks that someday they'll be served by their children we're looking at second third fourth generation families and even first generation people that are getting in to ag which believe me it's a hard hard business it's not easy to survive let alone to start in this kind of environment and for for just a few hours a few short hours you felt the love of a community inside a little hall that needs a lot of work and hopefully we'll get some love because of the folks that were inside so again a, a wonderful event i can't say enough about it and it uh, really is who we are and what we do I haven't heard what MID has decided. They had their board meeting this past Tuesday. The situation is dire. While we see the clouds in the sky this morning, uh, the good news is they are depositing rain and snow up in the upper elevations. The problem is we don't have enough impoundment to keep it from running into the ocean. Gravity is not our friend sometimes unless we impede the flow of that water. And we need folks that understand that Again, when we say all of the above, conservation, recharge, blah, 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 we need above-ground storage. Let's be clear. Let's be very clear. And that needs to move to the top of the list, the projects that are not only on the drawing board, but projects that need to be designed to sustain our way of life in a little dusty hall at the Merced Fairgrounds. The City Council is going to have a meeting this Monday, March 7th, City of Merced, it's, it, it promises to be an interesting meeting. Uh, one of the big issues that's going to come up right at 6.30, and they're pretty good about this, is the redistricting commission and their report to the city council. As you remember when that was brought up last time, uh, a lot of back and forth, a lot of, uh, well, really threats by some of the council members to, uh, you know, going to be a fight, going to be a throwdown. A lot of the same folks that come up in the community demanding the social justice that they say we don't have will be there. I'm sure it'll be an interesting meeting on that, but there are I'm trying to find my notes. I'm trying to be there are there are going to be some other issues uh, besides the redistricting committee, uh, the find their report. They've already submitted their report. There's a couple of maps. Uh, those maps are in are in contention. You know what I see here is this is uh trying to relitigate trying to re uh, redo they want a do-over of the original map process that happened uh, i think back in 15 or 17 after maldef had uh, sued the city and the city uh, decided to settle as opposed to litigate and i don't think people were happy with the way the lines were drawing especially the downtown areas it seems to be a big contention that uh, certain groups, again, separating things by uh, by the uh, by the color of your skin. Again, what does anybody read Martin Luther King's speech? At, I, I, you know, once a year in January, I think it's a good idea. Uh, content of character. Anyway, the point being is I understand keeping communities together, communities of interest, that sort of thing. It seems to be the Bear Creek is the, the is the big the big contentious issue. As the dividing line, whether it should uh, zig and zag up into neighborhoods on either side or use the center line of the creek as a hard line. And again, I, I think you're going to see a lot of discussion 
tomorrow night, or excuse me, uh, no, what is today? You know, Monday night, you get it. Uh, March 2nd, 7th. March 7th, down there at the city council chambers. Starts at 6 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. Everything's back to normal, by the way. They're going to have all the council members bunched up there on the dais, uh, giving the, uh, a little room for the local local press. A couple of guys just trying to trying to bring information. So uh, it should be back to normal. It'll be interesting. They have made some safety. Uh, they put some hurdles there for the uh, so folks have to uh, jump over <laughs> jump over these uh, these hurdles to get to the council. Hopefully uh, that isn't an issue. I tell you, there were some contentious meetings uh, early uh, last year. Some folks getting up there very very uh, vociferous in their comments that led you to believe that uh, could turn physical. So the council chambers have been hardened. And uh, that, that's good to see. I'm, I'm all for that. Anyway, uh, some of the things on the agenda that I thought were interesting. Uh, item F5, this is the approval uh, with Park Planet. The amount of $627,000 of Measure Y money. This is your, your weed money, your cannabis money. Again, remember the Bell Womany plan, 2020-20. Parks and Rec. Well, here it is, $627,000 of uh, marijuana money going to playground equipment at Little Angels Park, the seven parks. Uh, Little Angels, 12th and G Street, uh, the Love Veasley Family Park, Benjamin Tanager Park, Frederick Douglass Park, Hanson Park, and the Santa Fe Strip Park. Now, the last two, excuse me, Santa Fe Strip Park, number three. Evidently, there are two others. The last two, Hanson Park and Santa Fe, those are on the north side of town and the other five let's see uh, two from seven that would be five the other five parks are south of the 99 and i'd like to just point out that uh the reason there's five south of the 99 is because that's where the majority of the parks are so it's interesting when we start talking about facts about where all the parks are there's more needed in north merced and i hope that uh the equipment that's being provided i went through the staff report briefly and i hope that this Equipment is ADA compliant. I think that that's uh, imperative, especially, uh, again, trying to serve all the needs of the community. And uh, I think uh, some of these this uh, recreation equipment is very state-of-the-art when it comes to ADA compliance. So I hope that the out of the 627, that's over half a million, almost, well, not quite three-quarter, but a lot of money. Of course, there is a 10% contingency in there, which would, let's see, 10% of 600, well, anyway, bring it right up to seven hundred thousand dollars that's a lot of playground equipment almost a hundred thousand dollars a park and hopefully it won't get vandalized and torched as we've seen some of our other playground equipment again pride in your community is so important cmac money can uh, congestion this is item f6 again consent item maybe probably won't be talked about so that's why i just bring it up traffic signal synchronization project uh upgrading 34 traffic controllers and uh, by my math, that would be 34 intersections. These signals are on M Street, R Street, Olive Avenue, Yosemite Avenue, and G Street north of Yosemite Avenue. So, uh, again, synchronizing the controllers, those sort of things, uh, trying to make the tr flow of traffic a little bit better. And this is something, whenever I see synchronization, I think of Stan Thurston, our former mayor. He brought this up years ago. And it just goes to show you the glacial pace uh, that things take to get these things, even these studies now, upgrading the controllers. Because believe me, they had to do traffic studies, blah, blah, blah. Make sure you're not going to uh, you know, run everybody into each other. 
And so now they can actually go in and modify the controllers so that you have the free flow of commerce and you can get from one side of town without it taking 20 minutes. My word. Some of these signals, they really do need to be adjusted. Uh, Merced Main Street Association getting $46,000 for services and administration of the downtown business improvement area for fiscal year 2021-2022. You know, again, I think 2022 is ending here pretty soon. So, again, at least least you're getting the money. I don't know, uh, you know, if you're waiting for a check, this is why. Uh, again, it takes time to get this money uh, to these folks. Now, you may wonder, what does the Merced Main Street Association do? As some people do wonder. And they, uh, you know, take care of the Merced Main Street area. Evidently, there's talk about a P-bid district. This is a public benefit improvement district for the downtown area. This would be in addition to the $46,370 that they currently get. And I think part of this money that they get is from the double taxation which is the vehicle by which we get funding downtown. Currently, they want to change that to a tax on the individual property owners. That's why it's called a property-based improvement district. PBID, which means we're coming after you with an APN, whether your building is rented or not, which uh, is a new, a new concept. You know, it's uh, let's, let's give everybody a haircut along the block, not just those that are renting a business to somebody who, one, gets a business license. And pays that double taxation. So, uh, interesting to see where the money goes now and where it is going to go. They t- they talk about safety, uh, public safety. There's only certain things that you can use this P-bid money for. Then there's a public hearing, again, 630, to receive a report from staff on the redistricting process and permissible criteria to consider and review the maps. Again, this was very contentious at the last meeting. A lot of name-calling. There had to be a break taken Uh, I found it offensive, Uh, some of the speakers accusing members of the public, uh, very, very uh, long-term members of the public, people that have served in the community for years and years, where the voices that were calling them racist and other very derogatory terms have not been seen, oh, I don't know, until the last, what, 18 months, two years, Uh, some of these political uh, positions that are purely political. And to attack members of a, a volunteer commission, this redistricting commission, uh, I, I think is just unconscionable. I wish the uh, mayor had spoke up a little bit, uh, a little bit more passionately about these folks giving up their time. And even some of the council comments were just outrageous that they had to settle for the members that they got. And uh, you know, that's that's uh, really just, just out of line. But again, you have to look at where it's coming from. So that'll be uh, talked about again. There's a couple of maps that folks want to have considered. It'll be interesting to see the will of the council and the will of the people. If you're not going to follow these redistricting commission recommendations, and then you're going to throw rocks at them that uh, they aren't uh, representative of the community, I, I really think uh, this is going to have a problem going forward, trying to get people sit sitting on these uh, on these different boards and commissions. And then they're going to talk about the uh, goals and priorities of the city council. Uh, this was done at a a, a priority a strategic goal setting session they do every year. It's a little thing they have down in the Sam Pipes room. We're going to play some comments from that after the top of the break, specifically as it regards to affordable housing 
some of the comments and views of the council members and a little interaction between them. Uh, but some of the goals and priorities here downtown continue with the property-based improvement district. We talk about that. Continue with the one-way flow evaluation on Mar- uh, Main Street. They're talking about going all the way from G to V, uh, making it two lanes uh, each way in some parts with diagonal parking. Uh, obviously, maybe, not obviously, but expanding the one-way streets a little bit, uh, explore alternative entryway enhancements, economic development, a business-friendly culture. Well, you need to have business-friendly councilmen if to have a biz- business-friendly culture. Oh, we got to get out of this segment. Anyway, uh, just a lot, a lot going on at the city council meeting Monday night. I don't think you're going to want to miss that. Uh, we are out of time. It's hard to believe how fast the time goes with you folks. I really can't uh, can't thank you enough for spending time with us here on a Saturday morning. If you're so inclined, you can tune through the break. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. I love each and every one of you. Couldn't do this show without you. We'll see you next week. Die.